0: Welcome to the Fit You Talk Podcast. Thank Ooh, you for uh, oh, my voice. What bizarre there. Oh, 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 oh. You know what came out? As a strong start yeah. to this. Usually
1: it takes a couple of lines for one of us to mess it up. So. Yeah, no, I've clearly <laughs> completely wrapped my voice. Thank you for joining us as we <laughs> well we do this. And we also try and bring you some meaningful, helpful, and accurate information. And
0: to remind you that fitness doesn't have to be boring. Right now you're listening to a guest episode, du- episode <laughs> during
1: which we discuss the realities of a career in the performing arts with the people who are
0: fit to talk about them. Mm. And if you like what we do, please leave us a review. Or on Spotify, click that follow button. <laughs> I feel attacked. Uh, but before we get to that, <laughs>
1: you, we you should, are being attacked. <laughs> we should tell you about Eat to Perform. Yes, we should. Uh, Eat to Perform is an ebook resource that tells you how much you should be eating, what it should be made up of, what else you should take in, how to hydrate, performance supplements, macros, micros, nutrient timing. It's
0: all in this book. It is an invaluable tool, <sighs> just like you, Stefan. Uh, what? Well- <laughs> Oh. <laughs> You're welcome. Right,
1: uh, that's the level we're at today. Thank you so much. Being, we're out to, to solve the problems we know exist around nutrition in an easily understandable, uh, actionable science-backed guide. And it is available
0: now by clicking the link in our Instagram bio. So don't miss out. I hope so because we haven't written that yet—the bio. So no. Oh, by the time we're you're right. listening to this, hopefully it's in there. Hopefully we followed through on that.
1: But anyway, it was a labour of love. So if you were, if you like the podcast and you want to support us and you want to find out that information, then please do. Please Moving do on. <laughs>
0: Wow, lots of energy. Moving on. We have an incredible guest for you today. Mm, Shall I tell you about today's guest? I think you should. I think I should as well. Okay, so today's guest has just finished playing Gordon Shakespeare in Nativity. His previous credits include School of Rock, Taboo, which was incredible, Uh, Joseph, also incredible, and uh, Waitress, Matilda, and a whole host of other shows. He's the co-founder of Vibe Arts Theatre School and was the children's director on Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. His backstage shows and dance routines are legendary. Trust us, we witnessed them. He has also requested that he be naked for the entire podcast. Yes. It's a fantastic Matthew Rowland! Hello! <laughs> Hello! Uh,
1: so much truth in that. So much truth. One of those things was a lie. <laughs> I don't think any of it was no. a lie. Oh no, you, the request was there, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Perhaps the clips for social media will ask you to redress.
2: Yes, perhaps. Perhaps that might be good, especially yeah. if my mum's going to tune in.
1: Yes, that's <laughs> true. Although she's seen it before.
2: Yes. You know, yeah. so perhaps of anyone. I mean, (laughs) probably most people have seen it, especially with these, um, I mean, you called them legendary, which is quite charming. I think they're just sort of (laughs) neurotic backstage visits (laughs) when I'm getting a bit bored. But um, yeah, pretty much everyone has seen. Seen it. Seen all of it. Seen all of it.
1: They are legendary, though. Seen. (laughs) They They are are. actually legendary. Uh, Before we get into stuff, we'll come back to this in a moment. Uh, We have a, a thing that we do on this podcast called Liar Liar harking back to our childhood days. hands on fire. Precisely. Where we... God, we used to really introduce this, didn't we? We did. Uh, Where we ask a guest to tell us a lie at some point during this thing and try and get away with it. Mm -hmm. Would you be willing? I will be willing. If Uh, I'll be... I don't know if I'll be successful, but I'm willing. (laughs) (laughs) I like to tell people that the bar is incredibly low. Okay. It is. It really is. Uh, Because many, many people have tried. Okay and failed (laughs) and and many have failed so do not worry Uh, it's fun for us to try and guess whether you have or haven't too. awesome so jumping straight back to that we should say what we're talking about that you sort of uh, are this wonderful source of energy for a company of people Uh, might sound (laughs) I'm making you uncomfortable Uh, you know we've experienced this Bobby and I that you know you you bring that positive spirit, and there's lots of ways in which you do that. And one of them is to sort of <laughs> pop into people's rooms and perform a routine of some kind. Barge him.
2: Barge him. <laughs> I don't think I don't think people even get a knock. I think it's just like the door flies open, a track is on, obnoxiously loud. Yes. You know, it doesn't matter if you're napping. I'm no. sorry. Yep. By the time I'm doing yep. it, we're close enough to the half that you really, or sometimes close enough to the show, yes. that you really ought to be yeah.
1: awake. Beginners is in the rear view mirror. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. It's um, a useful backup alarm if yeah. nothing else.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't actually know... If it comes from my own boredom or just being a sort of obnoxious show off. But I do know <laughs> that it gets to the point, actually. Like um, sometimes I just get the message and the WhatsApp can you come in and just dance about? I'll come in and do it. And um, I think. Anything when you're doing the same thing every day, it's good to have a bit of variety, isn't it? Yeah.
1: But also, it's creativity in the the business that you're passionate about, whilst you're having having to work is a, is a yeah. horrible way of framing it. But you know, what you do in work is sort of controlled by others, and so yeah. having a little bit of creative freedom and having fun with it still around that, mm. it's, it's quite nice.
2: Yeah.
0: I thought they were excellent. We
1: Thank didn't get to you. see them
0: that much.
2: No because no, covid
1: times.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, we weren't allowed in any other dressing rooms uh, apparently. Yeah. yeah, I think I did that. I think I just went in
2: anyway. <laughs> or I did them in the corridor. <laughs> you did, them in, you the did the corridor. them in the corridor. Yes, That's you did come. It. You were, we were in the corridor we were outside. invited house. out for yeah, a corridor yes. performance.
0: It uh, was a corridor yeah. performance. Uh, which was I, fabulous. I
2: do remember the leaving performance being significantly that, choreographed. That and had prepared. three of you in it, didn't it? Yes. yes. Has, yes not yes, three yes. of you. Yeah, well, Danny. Oh, yeah. There was Alex Day as well. Yeah, yes, yeah. Alex Day. Yeah. And it was like, come on, if we're going to do it, you know, if I'm going to leave, I've got to be on our so Yeah. Fully clothed. We got every department involved. Yeah costumed it's, yeah like,
1: it was glorious if you're
2: gonna do it go for it
1: that's absolutely. one of my main memories from that show
0: <laughs> the overriding memory <laughs> exactly really
1: true yeah endless hours in a room that we weren't allowed to leave and uh and those those performances we'd often see videos of them on other people's mm. stories from the boys dressing room
2: yeah i don't know how i feel about that to be honest gents because i think <laughs> it's for you there live and in the moment and there's the soon as i see a Phone come out. I do freeze up slightly because I think Mm. you know you're either there and you see it or not at all. Yeah, Yeah, So I don't know if I back the uh, like theater. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, stop filming it. It's not for everyone. Yeah,
1: I don't want to watch Hamilton on Disney. That's a lie. Yeah, I did watch that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, I only met well both of you because you nearly died. (sighs) Yeah. yeah, Oh my uh, god, I hadn't even thought about that. That's
0: That's a strong callback. We should explain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Just
1: be like yes yeah that
0: is true Wow, that that did
1: happen <laughs> yeah okay we should say this was mm. you know the heart of covid yeah, times. Well. <laughs> and uh in rehearsal uh, what w- w- covid spread there was an outbreak yeah it was massive mm. there was an outbreak and uh i was struck down in in the worst way possible pre death mm. and um was very lucky, really, but, you know, ended up hospital, all that kind of stuff. And they didn't know if I'd be able to carry on the show. And even if I did, in what capacity? Mm-hmm. And they were like, what the hell do we do? And they went, we know who you can call. <laughs> <laughs> You're like Batman. Or <laughs> Ghostbusters, I'm all not Ghostbusters. sure. Ghostbusters, yeah. what it is. Uh, yeah. And then what you,
2: how did that come about? Oh, just a phone call. Just, you know, um, can you jump in and swing again on Joseph as I'd done it previously. Um, and you had another job coming up, didn't you? Uh, yes yeah, so the school of rock was yes. gonna be coming up um, same creative team and so I had a bit of time before that started rehearsals and um, yeah they said we've got a company member laid low not sure how long for can you sort of jump in and and I mean it it was it was. A lovely experience of just doing nothing. (laughs) Because I didn't actually do a show when I came back, because um, by the time we got to opening, you were back in the building, which was amazing. But then they'd actually recruited another swing they'd sort of learned from from previous times. (laughs) So then I was like fourth in line to go on. So then they were all, I remember all the other swings sort of frantically doing their bibles. Matt, have you done that track yet? And I'm going, yep. Yeah, thinking, I'm never going. <laughs> it's that those dressing room shows are really sort of maxed out because yes. I had a lot of time. Yeah,
1: that was, I had entirely forgotten that as well, yeah. why, why, mm. why we ended up meeting at yeah. all. <laughs> God, I had actually been in the same room as you prior to that, not to your knowledge, that sounds creepy. That's that's really creepy. You're going to need to explain yourself, Stefan. I came to watch you in Taboo. Oh, Oh, so did I. Many years ago. And I can only, I don't know if I ever told you this when we were working together, about to get creepy now on a podcast, I was obsessed with you.
2: Oh, wow, thank
1: you. Based on your performance in that show and just afterwards, I was just like you were one of the best things I'd seen on a stage in that. And uh, it's quite rare that we do this on the podcast because it sounds a bit like Mm. I'm fangirling over you, but, but it's True. I absolutely it really is. adored your performance in oh, that show. You. I mean, the show's great anyway, but like, I just loved your your version of that. And I was like, I want to be like, him. I, <laughs> I like be him. I think I just graduated or something around that time. And I was like, wow, he's amazing. And uh, yeah, just to make you uncomfortable now, we'll move on. <laughs> <laughs> really lean into that. Yeah. It's always awkward if you compliment someone on a podcast, they're like,
2: Thanks. <laughs> well no, it's um it's amazing actually because that show was in 2012 which is now 11 years ago which is horrible. What? It was my <laughs> it was my first job and it was above a pub in Brixton like if we really yeah. look at mm. the bare bones of it um and people still talk to me about it and you know, I certainly say this to young people that I work with, sometimes it's not about the size of the job as well. We obsess over like the idea of West End being like the goal. And actually that show, especially the time it was around, it was quite forward thinking, I guess, especially the original time it was around, Mm. um, 10 years previous. But um, it seemed to really have a huge impact on a lot of people. I think it should come back. Uh, I think I'd be doddering around as Philip Salon, but I think
0: uh, <laughs> I should be coming back, it really should come back because I went. I went to watch the the concert that was on at the Palladium, and yes. it was it was brilliant, and it just it's such a fantastic show. That production in Brixton was beautiful, yeah. and I think I think people are missing a trick by not mm. it, by it not being out there. Like I think it's such a wonderful production and what such a wonderful show that yeah, it, it, like particularly off the back of that
2: concert, it mm. seems like it really
0: should go back out again. You were meant to be part yeah. of that concert, yes, right? Yes,
2: and I got COVID, oh. so it was a real blow up, because I was testing every day, I was on School of Rock and um, it was a few days before the concert, and I just do, you know, you do the test and you have no symptoms and you Ooh. just feel like you're just doing it every day. And the, the two lines was genuinely a shock, but then I, you know how you see it, and then it fulfills itself and you just feel awful. Yeah. Um. So then I felt crap. Um, but it meant I couldn't do it. It was so strict yeah. around that time. Um, so I couldn't, and I couldn't even go. It, it was gutting. It was really gutting. Yeah. But um, I do think it will come back. Um, the writer, so the book writer, Mark Davies Markham, unfortunately we just lost him. He just passed away very recently. So I think um, that also means it should, it should come back. You know, his it's some amazing work of his. So, you know, come on yeah yeah let's do it
1: how do you go about dealing with that 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 process of is it grief or loss when you know something that you're probably quite excited about returning mm-hmm. to for this concert then is sort of taken away from you
2: yeah um uh, it's hard because when it first came up that I sort of knew about it and there were conversations about whether I'd be involved or not and there was obviously lots of people that have been involved in different productions of it and so there's always a little bit of a hesitancy, I think, actually, to revisit something that's been so impactful because you're like, I don't want to mess with those, mm. you know, original core memories. Um, you know, will this change it? Um, so I was really excited to do it again. But also I got to be in the rehearsal room, I got to meet you know, some amazing people that had done it before. John Partridge, I was in the room with George again, I was in the room with Mark, um, Chris, the director. So kind of the really exciting part of the project I was there for. I was in the rehearsal room, I was back hearing the music again, just didn't get to do it. Mm. So really I just feel gutted for like my parents. (laughs) (laughs) But I felt like I got to jump back into the world of it again. And I had been very lucky in that I'd done that um, it, it had a reunion concert in New York, and I did that in 2014. So me and Sam Buttery flew over my first time in New York, and we did our roles then. So Brixon wasn't the only time I was involved. So I feel like I've had I had my fair share.
1: Fair, fair. Yeah. <laughs> it's because uh, I, I I remember that sort of happening and just feeling like that would that would just suck. Yeah. For, you know, just mm. like this horrible thing that's going around, and yes, it's horrendous, you know, there's so much bad came from it, but those things are sort of harder to quantify when it just stops you from doing something that will will only ever happen once in that way. Yeah,
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, you don't really feel like you can be sad about that for a period of time Mm -hmm. because, you know, it was one event, but also... How does one recover mm. from that? Mm. Um, anyway, moving on from uh, COVID ruining stuff yes. <laughs> to another time COVID ruined stuff, which we just spoke about. We were, we were meant to see each other last Christmas. Was it last yeah. Christmas? Yeah. The Christmas before last? When, when you were touring with School of Rock? Yes. Yes. That would have been. We'll get off COVID after this. <laughs> but uh, I was doing the, the wonderful pantomime in the Oxford Playhouse, which Bobby saw. I did. I witnessed it. Witnessing it is the word. <laughs> 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 I witnessed your thighs in those trousers. Wonderful. <laughs> the thighs. Do you know what? I need to buy those trousers because they made my thighs look fantastic. They were magnificent. I'm yes. They stole the show. I them today, to be honest. Uh, I'll show you later. Okay, they, they distracted from my performance, which okay. was helpful. Um, uh, <laughs> when you slid down the pole in them. Yes, there was, a po- there was <laughs> a, like a like fireman's pole. Wow. Every time I entered... I had to slide down this, As this in pole.
2: from the top of the stage to the. Yes.
1: Oh my yeah. word! Although there wasn't enough space between the pole and the platform that I was on. Perfect. About half a foot. Lots of bruising. Uh, well, I I cracked a rib. Yeah. <laughs> I cracked a rib because, uh, so <laughs> uh, I just smashed my back on this platform about three quarters of the way through the run. Terrible. Um, fun times. Uh, but yes, and we were, you know, we were meant to. I was meant to come and see you in School of mm. Rock, in fact, and then everything shut down again.
2: Yeah, yeah, lots of that. (laughs) I mean, we kind of signed up for that. Like, um, going on that tour, we were one of the first tours to go out, and I I knew that it was going to be Rocky. Um,
1: Rocky. School off. (laughs)
2: Thank you. Nice. Nice. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, it was kind of inevitable, really. We were sort of cheating at life a little bit by jumping in so soon, but, yeah, there was lots of cancellations and changes,
1: yeah. Now, what, you were you took on that enviable role of equity dep on mm-hmm. that
2: job. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's that moment where everybody sort of looks down, like, so who would like to be dep and nobody kind of looks up. Um, but yeah. I, uh, I got involved after that meeting, actually, like later, just in the process of the whole industry working out how we navigate, like, A post COVID landscape. So, and um, there were some particular sort of accommodation based issues that just made me feel very passionate about, you know, the way um, you are looked after when you're in a touring.
1: Well documented on your social media all the time, I believe.
2: People would actually come up to me and go, I'm really gutted your digs are good this week because they loved loved tuning into a terrible kitchen. I mean, one we turned up to was literally like a club, like the kitchen lights were just strobing. And there was just, it was filthy everywhere. It was horrendous. But you arrive at these places like 11 o'clock at night and yeah. then you're like, where are we going to go?
1: Yeah. And so I ended up being equity dep on that panto at the exact mm-hmm. same time. What was that experience like trying to do this strange, unpaid role of equity dep in a show when everyone's panicking and everything's shutting or should it shut and managing all of that?
2: Mm. I think I'm a little bit naive in that I think I can take on something like that and remove myself from it emotionally and stay quite practical. And I've learned that I can't. <laughs> 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 so um, I have to be careful, um, but I also want to be proactive, you know, within our union and make good positive change. Um I was quite heavily involved in chats around accommodation and kind of at that time our touring allowance had everything had like been frozen in time from pre-covid so we were at a state we were at a place that really we should have been we should have moved on from um but everything had been paused because of the COVID variation. This is very COVID-y. Yeah.
0: <laughs> we'll get off it. We'll get off it soon. Um,
2: <laughs> I, I really thought, ah, uh, I'm seeing like the real impact that is having in a really direct way. And I am very passionate about the idea of graduates coming out and not having to make decisions that compromise their safety because of their financial um, ability at that point. Like, I think that's a really precarious place to put people in. And especially the incredible, necessary, uh, you know, untimely, and I say that because it's taken too long, work that we are doing, that the industry is doing to diversify the shows, the stories we're telling, the companies we're putting together. As you're sending those companies up and down the country, uh, we have to look at how we're protecting them as well. And, you know, vulnerable people, um, diverse castes, um, like what? What are producers in that process of of making theatre more inclusive? How do we extend that as well in in these yeah. you know, play, parts of the UK which maybe haven't done the work or or are or a bit behind? Yeah. Or.
1: When you go, oh, I'm going to stay with Gladys, whose yes. whose son who's is a racist homophobe, exactly, who comes yeah. around on the Saturday night yeah. after the two shows and he's had a drink. you like, yeah. I probably shouldn't be staying there. Yeah, mm. like, why is she on the digs list? And
2: yeah. and oh, I could only afford somewhere thirty minute walk, and I'm doing that walk. You know, at ten thirty yeah. at night, That's yeah. when it gets
1: bleak. Oh God, yeah, I've stayed, I've stayed in places that are like over an hour walk yeah. away because of the didn't have enough funds to pay mm-hmm. for anything else. It's it is crazy. It's such a tricky thing to navigate, I think, that yeah. equity debt like you, usually my head is down because I did it X amount of years ago on a show that closed early and that meant months of work yes. for, as an equity debt after that point. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I'll never do that again. And then it came up with this panto <laughs> and it turned out I was one of the most experienced performers in yeah. this group. And they're all like, you know, I don't really know what that is. Like, yeah. oh, okay, I guess that's over to me then. Yeah. And like you, I couldn't really, you know, that was such an emotional charge mm-hmm. time for people going, I don't feel safe to perform yeah. in this environment. What can we do? You like, Well, really, not much, mm-hmm. like, not much. And that really felt like it was your job to take on that yeah. stress and deal with it. So uh, I don't envy you that job. No, Hi. no. <laughs> on such a large tour. But let's let's get back from the end of the world. <laughs> let's rewind a bit. <laughs> I go back to
2: how does the story of Matt Rowland start? Oh, gosh, I think it starts actually with I was thinking about this earlier today. Um, the first sort of major thing that happened to me in my life is that I crashed into a lamppost on my bike. So I think I was always quite uh, adventurous, which I still am to a degree, but I was going down my road, which is on a slight slope, and I think I'd only ever gone round the driveway, and so I hadn't really had to use the brakes in a big way, i just sort of put my feet down, <laughs> and then I don't know how, but I lost control, I went, crashed into a lamppost and out onto the road, lost my front teeth, and... Uh, I still remember my parents' face when they were in the bathroom together when they saw me and my dad rushed me to hospital. And I actually lost those front teeth. I mean, this was sort of baby teeth, so it's okay. Otherwise, we'd be having an interesting (laughs) chat right now. But it did mean that for a lot of my childhood, I had two sort of fangs for teeth. I was really tiny. Um, So I've always been sort of quirky, different Sort of strange. (laughs) So I I do think that had a big impact because it changed the way I looked um, drastically. It probably changed, probably made me a little bit more sensitive as well. It made me quite protective. So anything like football, I was terrified of. And I remember I went to one football training session and the football hit me in the face. I had a nosebleed. So I became very um, sort of cautious of anything like that. Um, So that's probably why... I I found something like theatre. I, I was always I was always in my playroom at home, sort of making tapes of radio shows, or I had a train set and I think I'd been to Disney and I was obsessed with recording, like a tour that I could play with the train so that as it went past specific points the audio lined up and making home films. So I think the story starts with me yeah finding my creativity I guess and I would do that with films at home and you may have seen it comes out every year a particular I mean headphones probably this size actually that I'm wearing now Santa Claus is coming to town, so it gets published every Christmas. I've seen it. it, I sorry, it was Christmas. It's multi-shot, so there are, there are two camera angles. It flits between both, and it is layered, basically. <laughs> so I harmonise with myself. And how old are you at this I, point? I don't know. I think 12. I don't know, because I just sort of found the tape later. But um, that was what I was doing all the time, just sort of singing... In a room, on my own.
1: <laughs> it's funny, is As an adult, you'd see that
2: as practice. Yeah.
1: Like, what you're yeah. actually doing mm. is putting in hours and hours yeah. and hours of work on on this thing that you yeah. now do yeah. as a as a career yeah. and whereas if you told many of you that you're going to go and do some singing practice now yes. you might not have been quite as inclined no. to do it it's almost like we say fitness doesn't have to be boring if you can make it fun
2: and <laughs> you might you might actually do you it. might just bloody do it yeah. <laughs> I, I don't f- I think i realized that it was something you could do I just, um, especially when I saw shows, I I kind of just removed, I just saw them as other people. You don't really think of, like your teachers at school, you don't think of them having lives. Mm. They're just your teachers. So when you see them in the supermarket, you're like, oh my God. They eat. (laughs) What? (laughs) They exist out of that room. And I think the same with how I perceived TV and how I perceived stage is just that that's just another world it's not actually accessible that's changed
1: so much now and i'm mm. sort of sad for that you know if you're in secondary school now i don't know if there's rules about this but i imagine all your teachers are on instagram mm. do you mean so you you could probably follow your teachers yeah and that's messed up you should not have information about your teachers' personal lives. Yeah, no, no. that's
2: weird. I imagine they're probably private. I mean, yeah. any any teacher. Do you think would it's? It.
1: But it's really difficult for an institution to say to that, you, that you yeah. would yeah. have to have a private yeah. Instagram. Yeah, Like I, I don't know. I'm speaking. I'm guessing, mm. but mm. It, perhaps they it suggest. Yeah. But you know, this <laughs> highly recommended. How many teachers are there up and down this this country? I imagine not all of them have a private. Yeah. Social media. But also,
2: I think just. Um, for the youth of today, being able to see the lives of performers and like their lives outside of that. Because obviously when we were young, you would probably see them come out of stage door and that was kind of it. So there was so much mystery about what that life was. And I think that I really enjoyed that there was a lot of mystery about that. Yeah. and I think there is less of that now which is both helpful but also I think takes away a little bit of the magic maybe.
1: Yeah, because there were these fantastic super people yeah, mm-hmm. that existed beyond themselves, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're seeing somebody be someone else in this way that's bigger than life especially in musicals and then, you know, where do they go after that? What yeah. do they do? And now yeah. it's like, well, they went to Tesco like me yeah. so. <laughs> so there's yeah. that so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, cool <laughs> Like great let's let's move on but yeah i I wonder i think there are positives like you said Mm. you mentioned that too that you know lots of people can understand what that life is and and perhaps it's more accessible yeah now in fact you know this very podcast exists for uh, several reasons but one of them is to help performers understand how to look after themselves Mm. a little better by asking each other which is something that didn't really exist yeah prior to that Mm. so how did you take this love for Singing and recording stuff. (laughs) And turn it into a thriving career.
2: Uh, Well, I did like the Saturday school thing. Um, And then I remember uh, a teacher came to my school, a new drama teacher, and I went to a grammar school, heavily rugby playing. The head of rugby (laughs) and head of sport was Mr Horribin. And um, I remember our first rugby training session, he went, boys, you see that patch of mud? Roll in it. So there was me sort of picking up mud, applying it like a mud bar. Yeah. (laughs) it, It was like, get your kit dirty, was the first. So school was tricky. For the first few years, especially with the PE department, I had a note from my mum, please excuse Matthew from PE today, and I just sort of, I didn't date it, so I could just (laughs) show it every time. (laughs) But then um, actually a fantastic drama teacher arrived, who I still speak to today, and um, she kind of took this storage cupboard at the end of the canteen and turned it into a drama studio, which became like an absolutely safe space. Like There was always music playing when we walked in. It was shoes off. It was, this is like a separate kind of world mm. and just the timing of that was quite amazing and um, she was the first person that kind of brought my parents in and said this could be a thing this could be a career thing um, she actually organized for our entire class we I went to school in Sidcup, so we were next to Rose Bruford we were next to Bird, so we had a tour of Rose Bruford College and that was like Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory I
1: was yeah. around
2: like oh my god oh, she, what is this place she organised? I had a meeting with the principal just to chat through like what I would like to do. And wow. um, I actually, I got into Brit school, but I didn't go. She brought my parents in and sort of said, he's in a good school right now. Brit school is a fantastic school. But in terms of, I had lots of options academically at the school I was at. Why doesn't he stay? I can continue to teach him. <laughs> um, and uh, and and you know take Dance GCSE, take Music GCSE and um, I remember I went to the induction for Dance GCSE at my school and I walked in and the teacher went, this is dance and I went, yeah she went, you're here to do the trial for dance I said, yeah, and all boys in the year had been predicted a D in dance they just sort of, all boys just assigned a D <laughs> <Wow. And> so, <laughs> so I was the only boy that did dance but um go on, Um, (laughs) (laughs) eh? I I ended up staying at school all the way until 18. I got to do dance productions, be a big fish in a small pond for a while, which Mm. I actually think was quite good for me. And then I auditioned for drama schools. So I was very fortunate that my parents allowed me to do some workshops um, at the different schools and some friends from them I still speak to now. And then I auditioned and, uh, I off the back of one of those workshops got a place at one college and then I fell in love with Arts Ed. I went to my audition there and I got reserve list and then um, again my drama teacher said why did not you write to them say you've got this place elsewhere but you're really interesting in arts. So I did that and uh, they said well get some more singing lessons and come back and sing which I was like was sing. I thought, I thought I had that down. I thought that was the last of my worries, but okay, fine. So I went back and I remember it it was on the Tuesday and my 18th birthday was on the Friday. And you always found out, well, you tended to find out on the Friday, The letter hit your. um, So I did my singing recall. And then the Friday came, my 18th birthday, no letter. Saturday game, no letter. And I was like, oh, gosh, maybe this is just so that I enjoy my 18th. Anyway, <laughs> I get to school on the Monday and I had a fantastic psychology teacher called Miss Marshall. And she'd actually made me rehearse my songs in front of the psychology class. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, and she went, have you heard? And I went, no. She went, right, phone them. And and she said, "There, you go to my office and phone them now because I, I can't wait actually." So I was like, "Okay." So I went to the office and they went, "Oh, that's strange. Um, your files with the principal at the moment, but we'll um, we'll give you a call back." Anyway, I got the call back, and they said, "Really odd. You should have got a letter because you've got a place." And I remember running like the length of the playground, which again everything that had happened to me with footballs was surprising to me. Um, And just, I rang my dad and I was like, I can't believe it. And I was crying and he was like, you should believe it, you deserve it. And that's how I ended up. So that was my journey. Some really supportive teachers, um, a school that really allowed me actually, eventually, with some staff changes, um, to find find who I was and find what I could contribute. And then I trained for three years at Arts Ed, graduated 2012. And that's kind of how I arrived into the scene.
1: Wow, so much in that story. And I think one of the things I want to come back to in a bit is just, it sounds like just influential teachers, really. Um, But before jumping to that, we'd say, you know, the career you've had since that point, you know, Bobby's mentioned a fair fair whack of some well-known shows Mm. in there. And things that obviously take a toll on your body. And one of the things we're super interested in is how on earth you stay sane and well when you're on those jobs. Mm. Like, how how do you take care of your instrument, I suppose, is the, is the fancy one. Or is it something you don't really have to think about too much?
2: Um, I It's odd. I slightly think the shows take care of me, in mm. a way. Um, certainly physically. I've always struggled, and I guess that was quite... I was quite apprehensive about how I'd answer any questions related to this. I've struggled with kind of sport for sports sake or fitness for fitness sake. And I love a class environment. I love I love dancing. I love anything that's kind of I can immerse myself in, but I'm not too focused on maybe kind of physically what's happening. I'm just somewhere else. And so when I say the shows have looked after me, I mean, physically kind of what I've been in has um, been Well, certainly at the start of my career was very physically demanding, but also having that structure and what I found during lockdown, what I found so difficult was not having that structure Mm. to my life. Um, And so I think in a way, having that routine has really given me something to hold on to. Obviously, it's really hard and you get injured and you get tired, but ultimately the people that you're around and the end goal that you have is, is what's kept me... On track, I think. I think that's how I'd answer that.
1: Yeah, yeah it's far I feel, I feel like when when we ask questions like this or similar, I think especially because we've got fit in the name of the, the podcast, <laughs> yeah. that um, that people make an assumption that perhaps that we're going. Oh, you should be doing X, <laughs> Y, and Z, and then. You know, there's a, there's a concern that you're maybe maybe I'm not presenting what I should be yeah, presenting yeah. A, as a performer, and you're like, no, no, th- this is exactly about what you just said, like what the reality is mm-hmm. of of that life, and going, yeah, some shows will take care of you in that yeah. way, to um by what you said by taking care yeah. of, you know, to to sort of keep you healthy and, and well. And I think that's the important bit, right? Knowing that whatever you do is meant to supplement your life and, yes. and be healthier. And you said sport for sport's sake or fitness for fitness sake. I think uh, we're, we're on board with that. 100% on yeah. board with that, yeah. We're like, if you're doing it, then do it to support your life. Yeah. You know, yeah. that you're like, okay, if you're going to the gym, don't go and do that bodybuilders workout mm. because you're not a bodybuilder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're a performer. Do yeah. a workout that's going to help you perform better. Yes. yeah. And as you said, if you're in a class environment, even if it's a dance class, whatever mm. it might be, something that takes your mind off yeah. if you're doing something for the sake of it. Like if you're just going in the gym going, I'm going to do eight reps of this because... Yes, you know, yeah. Because.
2: <laughs> just
1: because. And Then, then I'll, I'll be asleep before the next person. Anyway, mm. um, awesome. Alongside that, on the mental side of that, yeah. like, how have you managed to navigate the industry in in that sense and take care of yourself?
2: Um, I haven't ever spoke about this, but when I started in Taboo, when I was doing the shows, I got massively low um, during the day and I would sleep pretty much till about three, four, and then get up to go do the show. And I, I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was because I was building up, building up, building up for so long. And I promise you, the whole time I was, I was at Arts Ed, and not because I wasn't cared for, but I felt I cheated the system. And whether it was that reserve list kind of forcing my way mm. in, but I felt like I'm going to get found out any day. And then I think, like, coming into the industry and doing the show that was well received, I was like, oh, gosh, this... I'm here. And I had a bit of a dip. Um, and then after that, there was a period of time where I was sort of working out what what jobs are next. And there was a few things I got close to. Um, and I was working front of house and I was working in a mental health unit for children. So I was doing two jobs, massively eye opening, actually, working in that mental health unit. Um, and I found that we kind of, especially in the front of house environment, there was a there was a real cloud hanging over everyone of like I haven't got this audition or why have they got that audition and I was was getting sick of hearing it I was thinking right and I'd just done actually a profit show at the union and we hadn't made any money (laughs) Um, but (laughs) Sasha very kindly said use the union you know there's not a lot of money that's come back from this show but if you ever want to use the union you can have it for free for a night which was incredible, so I put on a, um, we called it spot stealers, stealing the spotlight, um, ushers, and everyone in it was working as an usher, and um, we put that on, and that kind of, from that I made a contact to then do Putting It Together, which is the show that I choreographed, and I feel like, um, what's the word, well, action, action creates action, I guess, and um I took what was quite a bleak time and thought, right, well, what can I actually, what can, what's practical to do here? Cause I can kind yeah. of sit in the disappointment or think, right, okay, well, we've got an opportunity actually. Let's, let's just put on a cabaret. Okay. Let's just choreograph this show. And it, it does like putting yourself out there. I think it, it, it breeds something. Um, and then sort of moving forward from that, um, I think I noticed again when the lockdown hit just how much it meant to me and how much I sort of needed it. And doing doing work around that sort of is, is interesting, but it's also eye opening about, you know, how much we set up our lives to be in this industry. But what I should have said going back in time is the massive thing that helped me was setting up a theatre school, uh, which I did in 2016. Um, Because I'd always taught and um, I'd always worked for other people and I had lots of ideas about what I wanted to do. And I set that up seven years ago. And ever since, I felt like there's something that there's a through line in my life. So Mm. I don't just finish a contract and go, I have nothing now. What do I do now that I don't always start at zero? And I think that's the really hard thing as performers is feeling like every single audition or every single project you go in for you kind of you start at the bottom and um, setting up vibe for a number of reasons, but it it did really help me to feel like I have a long term focus here outside of my performing career as well. So that's a long long answer to your question, really, about, uh, around kind of how I handle the industry mentally. I guess
1: I think it's a plus podcast
0: love a long answer. That's the, yeah. <laughs> that's what we're uh, No, I, I think that's super important. Yeah, I think I think um that's something we've spoken about quite a lot is having that having that thing in your life that is outside of your performing mm-hmm. that you're passionate about that you care about that is something you can always return to. That's why we've got fitness and yep. I think since we've become personal trainers our lives as performers have improved because there's not that pressure there's yeah. you you love what you're doing outside of performing so you don't throw that weight behind Every single audition, yeah. every single rejection, like it, it doesn't affect you in such a. I mean, it, there's still there will be times when it does, but it doesn't always affect you in the same kind of way mm. when you've got that th- other thing that you love mm. that you care about. And that actually, you know, hearing you say that, that's what the, I wanted to
1: jump back to. That go, you have all these fantastic influential teachers who actually have influenced pivotal moments in your life. You've just spoken about, and now you are one. Yeah. You know, so oh, tell us a bit about Vibe Arts. Like we know perhaps a little bit
2: of why it, mm. it created, but like what what is it? Uh so yeah, we I <laughs> I went to school, art said, with a guy called Alex Turney. And we always taught. So I taught when I was in secondary school I was teaching like a drama club when I was in like year eleven. Like I always loved showing off, basically. <laughs> or being in charge. But um <laughs> I, I was teaching there. I was running the dance production. Then when I got to Arts Ed, I took up a maternity leave sort of teaching job on a Saturday, which then turned into me taking up the job. And then I went to a brand new school and I was there as the principal was opening, which was amazing because I kind of got to see the growth of that school. Um, and then I worked for a wonderful lady who is a dear friend. But she was involved with a franchise, quite a popular franchise, but she loved breaking breaking the rules of this franchise. <laughs> like, um, And uh, there was this one week where um, she said, like, I'm going to do Baby Ballet. Like, I just want to do that. So she put on the website, she's got a Google image of the Baby Ballet logo and uh, she put a <laughs> load of tutus. And um all these parents showed up with all their kids to do baby ballet and an inspector from the massive organisation of which she had a franchise came along and went, What's what's this? And she was like I don't I don't know what that is. I'm, I'm not sure. And they were coming up, going, "We're here for the baby belly." She was going, "No, we don't do that here." And then just ushering them out and going, "I'll call you. I'll call you later." And it got closed down. It got taken off of her. She's since set up her own, and it's fantastic. But I guess that was also a crucial um, moment for me to see, of you know. Those big franchises, they're fantastic, but there's a lot of kind of structure that you yeah. have to follow. Um, so, yeah, Alex and I went to Art Said together. He's an amazing musician and we wanted to set up our own and we went to set it up at the end of our third year, actually, and he got a job and I was actually flying for Vibe when I got the call about Taboo. So we had a conversation. We said, this might not be the time. Um, so... We put it to bed and thank God we did because the logo was absolutely dreadful. Um <laughs> We know that feeling. We, <laughs> we know that feeling, yeah. <laughs> but then four years later, I kind of bumped into him and we were like, we should really give that a go. And um, I had just finished as children's director on Charlie and I thought this is a really good time to kind of springboard Ooh. into setting up my own school. I feel like I've kind of got the right to do it now in a way um and so we found the most amazing venue that are really supportive and that's how we kind of got to the journey of setting it up and vibe is so we have a saturday school that runs in bromley that covers ages zero to 18 really straight out of the womb yes (laughs) um and then we have clubs that run during the week we also put Creatives into schools. So, we amazingly, a school was doing Lion King, and we put in a cast member from Lion King to do the choreography for their show of Lion King and things like that. Um, And we have an associates program, which is audition entry. So, that's based in Dartford at Reynolds Performing Arts. So, people, you know, really serious about it, or perhaps have done shows as children, or want to go to drama school, can come to us one Sunday a month and get a real. Top up with like industry pros yeah. um, to sort of supplement their training. So it's busy. There's there's yeah, lots yeah. lots going on.
1: That's so exciting. Uh, where can people find out more information about that?
2: Vibearts.co.uk. Simple as that. Yeah, or, or Vibearts UK
0: on all social media. Oh, wow. look at that. Yeah, we got That's a lot easier than us. much better than us. Yeah. <laughs> Every time we're always thinking about it. What is it? Fit dash. Fit dash
1: 2. two? Yeah. for the Yeah, yeah. But then on Instagram, it's fit uh, underscore. Yeah.
0: We'll get there. First time. We're so close. Uh, is there anything about um, fitness, wellness, anything at all that you would like to see get in the bin?
2: Get in the bin. Oh... Uh, If you say this podcast, I'll cry. I know. I'm not a big fan of what I, uh, my food shop videos. I just find it so bizarre. (laughs) It's like somebody's sort of going, my pant shop. You know, obviously food and what we eat, um, it's personal, right, for Mm. each person and everybody has their quirks. I mean, me and my partner Shiv, he has an intense nut allergy and I tend to avoid gluten. So we're a barrel of laughs at any restaurant. You know, right, can we have the allergen menu? He's allergic to all nuts lupins and i don't really like gluten so we're we're a really great guest to have at (laughs) any dinner party but yeah i guess anything around that because it is so personal um i agree it's like saying Mm. uh here's here's when i went to the
1: toilet today yes okay i don't really understand how that benefits anyone except you fantastic well done (laughs) yeah great that was your food shop what am i meant to gain from this Yeah. 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 yeah yeah as your own Vanity. But pra- I've never done one, but uh, speak to me again in two years and see if, see if I've ever done one by that point. We'll I'll comment. Yeah. Yes, please do. please do. You said, yeah. you said at this there. time.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. uh, do you have any advice for somebody that would be entering the industry now?
2: Mm. Yes, just stay open to everything. We're, um, we're so kind of eager to find our box and like where we fit. And I see, I was on a QA and a and there was an amazing, amazing performer with the most incredible voice ever has played all the big roles in musical theatre. And they were saying, oh, I never, I've never, i never only really used dance. Like, I, I don't really worry about dance. I don't. And I saw all these kids like writing in their notebooks. I was thinking, ah, oh, that's such a shame. And I kind of tried to cut in because I think, do you, eh, Especially if you're going into training, just give everything your best Yeah, and work at the things that scare you and work at your weaknesses because it's kind of like that um, Catherine Tate sketch. But if you believe that you can do it, I'm pretty sure you can. Like I would not have said that I would ever do a show like Cats when I was training or before that. And I almost got into a habit with my circle of friends at the time of kind of putting myself down about things like dance or, you know, oh, yeah, I wouldn't do that. As in, I wouldn't be able to do that. And I think what I have learned is, yeah, open open yourself up and just um, don't put any limitations on yourself because the industry is so quick to kind of want you to narrow down that just just stay open to mm. all of it really yeah. look if anyone's
1: willing to let me do a production of cats then i am <coughs> uh, i'm up to seeing what will happen it'd be
0: wonderful yeah. I would be present. Yeah. <laughs> you should have done hip hop cats with me. Ah, That's what you should have done. I am cool. <laughs> a cool cat.
2: But I think, uh, I always say, my mum is a dancer when the right music is on. Like this idea, I'm quite passionate about this. The, this idea that, you know, we have to be a certain form. We have to have certain facility to be a dancer. is just not true. I, this sounds really sort of... Bleak, what I'm about to say, not bleak, but I just don't want to say the word that I want to say. But um, (laughs) it is a feeling. And ultimately, um, you get so much more excited by seeing someone really connect themselves to movement than just kind of throw their limbs around.
1: That I'm 100% buying into. And like when for me, if when somebody describes it as movement, I understand. Mm. And then we've spoken before about, you know, different styles of dance, basically codifying movement into sequences or or whatever shapes that those are. But, and sure, some of those codes might not suit your, your body or or feel, but uh, when you go, okay, well, let's find a way of expressing that with your body. Mm. And I'm like, all right. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm in. Uh, right. Without changing oh, okay. your facial expression, Matt. Uh, <laughs> look, he's completely still. He's um, nailed that. Uh, we're going to guess whether you've lied, uh, slash, guess the lie. That's what we're going to do. So please don't give it away. Uh, and listeners, now's the time for you to think back over everything Matt said. Uh, I'm going to guess first this time. Here you go. Because you were first last time. Yeah. Uh, We were both wrong.
0: We were both wrong last time. (laughs) Uh,
1: I am going to guess that uh, I'm going to guess a really people have been putting in very very small lies. Yes, sneaky lies. So I'm going to I'm going to. Uh, try something small that when you when you fell off the bike, oh. when you oh, you I think you'd have a different one if that's what you're going for. Uh, that maybe both your parents weren't in the bathroom; it was just one of them. Oh, oh. I don't think you've lied. <laughs> I think I think you might be right. <laughs> I haven't yet. Oh. Hey yes! Ah. Ching, six nine to Bobby. I
2: was, oh, I think choosing the. I uh, feel great about that. I think choosing. I'm so sorry, I should have done that earlier. <laughs> I um, I got so kind of caught up in your. You've put Bobby way ahead now.
0: Yes. I'm devastated. I great about that. <laughs> let's move on. Yeah, let's move on. Let's play another game. Yeah. yeah. Okay, we're going to play a game of this or that. Okay. So it's going to be one minute on the clock. Stefan's going to give you two options. you got to be nice and quick, quick fire. Okay. Decide between the two. Get ready. Three, two, one, let's go. Eggs or bacon? Bacon. White bread or brown bread? Brown. US
1: office or friends? Friends. Cardio resistance training? Uh, cardio. McDonald's or Burger King? McDonald's. Singing or acting? See, acting. Taboo or darling of the day? Taboo. Yoga or Pilates? Yoga Family go or Love Island Love Island Domino's Pizza or Papa John's Papa John's Sport or dance Dance Alcohol or chocolate Chocolate Matching socks or mismatching socks Matching Coke or Pepsi Coke Dr. Pomata or Simeon Simeon Game oh. of Thrones or Glee Glee Book or Kindle Book Clean shaven or beard Clean Personal chef or personal stylist Stylist Guitar or piano Piano Sexy buddy or sexy mind Sexy mind Shower or bath Shower Mr. Wormwood or Rodolfo Mr. Wormwood Dogs or babies Babies Snakes or badgers Badgeras <laughs> Theme pack or <of> water park? <laughs> water park Running or walking? <sighs> walking Tea or coffee? Neither Bobby or Stefan? <laughs> Both Yay! I thought you were going to say neither at the
0: neither. end again Neither <laughs> Neither again uh, Well done 50 seconds Very Ooh. quick
2: well, as good. in, I got you, through them. You got through Fast. it through in fifty
0: seconds. Yeah,
2: that was that felt like the bleep test at school. Fast. Y- yes, the stress.
1: <laughs> the stress, Mr. Wilmot. Good choice. Wow, what a role. Good choice. What what a role indeed. A high energy role. Mm. A killer one. <laughs> uh, and and then Simeon loved that choice. Great choice. Yeah. I was delighted about that.
2: Beautiful. Beautiful. That was in that Beautiful. was in there just for you two. <laughs> Thank you.
1: <laughs> well, Matt. Thank you. Thank, thank you so you. much. Yes, thank, thank you, you so man. much. Yeah, Thanks for coming to join us and uh, giving your time, expertise and uh, joy.
2: Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure.
1: Well, we should chat out for Vibe Arts we as well. Find out more information about everything Matt has mentioned and more on that website uh, that he mentioned earlier on, which is
0: vibearts.co.uk, I believe. Correct. Fantastic. Glad I got that right. (laughs) And uh, thank you at home or wherever you might be for listening. (laughs) And if you've enjoyed this episode, click those like and subscribe buttons and find us on Instagram at fit 2 talk. As always, if you've got any questions you want answered, slip slide into those DMs. I'll be uh, riding a bike into a tree. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks again for listening. If you like what you've heard, we have been Fit2Talk with our wonderful guest, Matthew Rowland, me, Stefan. And me, Bobby. And if you didn't like it, we've been Joe Wicks. Peace out. (laughs)